The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than Pronto Comics' very own, our very own, Pronto Comics' very own, Dominic Definition Man Sperano. There can be only one, Mark, and I am the only one to show <laughs> yes. up this evening. <laughs> um, on this week's show, we're going to have uh, a Jay Bird and Lee segment. Our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, in theory, is going to have his report from the upcoming Eternal Con. We also have uh, the report from uh, with our very own thelifewithgenergies.com, Jenny Feldy, and our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, uh, having their coverage of the Cradle Con. And I think that's everything we have. Jay Bird and Lee, yeah, that sounds about right. Before we do any of that, we got to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of pop culture and this and comic stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention, which is going to be on the 25th and 26th of September, it's their Big Apple Silver Anniversary Expo. Uh, tickets are on sale now, but no headliners have been announced. Also want to give uh, also our show is brought to you in part by uh, the fine folks at sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. And I want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Resident Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, the Huracan and Yasmin Ray. If you want to have your own little shout out, go to www.patreon.com, look up a camp radio in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can uh, get your own little shout out on our show. All right, so let's see what we got this week. Um, as always, start off with the sad news. Um, we only have two bits of sad news this time. And once again, you know what's funny? A lot of times when I do the sad news, I, I go through all the people who died. I'm like, okay, this one seems interesting. This one has something that we can talk about. And nine times out of 10, when I was like, oh, this one is going to be great for Charlie. Charlie doesn't come for the show that we do it. Damn Charlie. So actress Thea Ruth White died recently after having undergone two liver cancer-related surgeries in the days leading up to her death. Um, as most of her fans know, which sadly I am not one of, uh, she was the voice of Muriel Badge, or Baggy, in the Courage the Cowardly Dog animated series, which ran from 1999 to 2002, reprising her role in 2014 and in the upcoming crossover film, Straight Out of Nowhere, Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, she was a, a young 81 years old. Were you a Courage the uh, Cowardly Dog uh, fan? Nope. Oh. Well, I guess uh, I. Yeah, this, uh, this is just one of the great examples <laughs> of Charlie letting us down. <laughs> yes. So I never watched the show. I heard it was a yeah. very popular show. And she played that character that was like her major role. And mm -hmm. she was beloved by everybody. Uh, even um, Nickelodeon put out 
uh, a message, a, a notification that she had passed away. And there was like tons of artwork from the fans of the dog hugging the, the old lady because she played the, the patriarch, she played the mom of the, of the show. And it was, it was, she was the owner of the dog. And stuff used to happen around him. And then, you know, he used to save the day without her being aware. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yes, she was 81. Dogs are constantly saving the day. Yes. And we're going to move on to our last bit of sad news. Um, actor J. Harris Pickett also died recently as of this recording, which is August the 4th. Uh, no cause of death has been announced. While appearing on TV and films, uh, Jay was perhaps best known for his role of Frank Scallon Jr. in a daytime soap Port Charles from 1997 to 2003. Now, I know that our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, worked at ABC and had Port Charles there. So it's quite possible that he actually knew this guy and met him. But we'll never know. We won't. We won't. Were you a fan of the, the soap Port Charles there, Dominic? I'm afraid to say, no. <laughs> I was, I was a CBS soap fan. So, uh, my mother was a CBS fan. So she loved Guiding Light, mm. and then I, I didn't get into Guiding Light, but The Young and the Restless, Bold and Beautiful, and As the World Turns, and like I'd watch them in the summers when I'd have off from school. Those things suck you in so bad. <laughs> uh, the only soap I ever watched was Not Slanting, which was a primetime soap, and right. I used to watch that with my mom. Um, but yeah, I've never saw uh, Port Charles, but um, he was a young 60 years old. Yeah, and he looks good too. Like I, like what happened? Yeah, it was just a sudden death, is what the what the reports are coming in. No cause of death been announced, but he just died suddenly. I believe he was working on a project, and then he just he just gone. So yeah, 60 years old. Something like that is like either brain aneurysm, massive heart attack, or unfortunately drug use. So who knows? But I guess we'll we'll, we'll follow up. We'll see what we can find out as, as time goes on. Yeah. Moving on from the sad news. From the not only wait, let me try it again. From the <laughs> it's not only movies that are getting remade department. As part of the 60th anniversary of the Fantastic Four, Marvel is going to release a one-shot special called Fantastic Four Anniversary Tribute number one, which will reinterpret Fantastic Four issue number one and Fantastic Four Annual number three which Reed and Sue get married. From what I understand, much like the Captain America anniversary tribute uh, issue number one, which was released earlier this year, the Fantastic Four book will do a shot-for-shot redraw of the same stories with different artists covering different pages using the same dialogue from the stories of the off-born mentioned issues. I had a problem with it when I mentioned it before about redrawing what's already drawn. I I find it to be kind of stupid. What do you think? Well, I can see why you would think that. It's like doing a, re- a shot-for-shot remake of something. Like, why? Just watch the original. But I think the idea would be that the artists get to pay homage to really the first, not the first superhero comic, but the first Marvel superhero comic. Yeah, but... And it's kind of interesting to see like how they would reinterpret each of the shots i suppose like well are they drawing it in their style just yes they are drawing it in their style but they're taking the script quote-unquote script that was there and they're saying they're redrawing it i think go quote-unquote script it It was stan lee sir (laughs) well because back in the day as as you may very well be aware of as a comic book guy the back Mm -hmm. then they just had an idea stan went around and said okay this is the idea for this week's book and this month's book and then the artist drew it 
And then Stan looked at it and he said, all right, I'm going to write based on what I see and see if I can make a story out of it. Well, so that's not really a script per se. Well, okay. Here's the question though. The Marvel method, Stanley's Marvel method came up because he was doing so many books. Correct. Was he doing that? The reason he was doing so many books is because of the Fantastic Four launching Marvel into the more, you know, being Marvel. Right. So this was his last, the myth goes anyway, this was his last ditch effort of staying in the comics. Right. Where Joni said to him, write the, write the story you want to write. Right. If you don't like it, they'll fire you anyway. You know what? You want to be out. Right. So in this case, there might've been a script. I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, it I mean, actually now a script. I mean, now there, there is like a quote unquote script of what was done, but at the right. time it may not have been is what I'm saying. Right, but th- I'm saying at the time before Marvel became Marvel, there, he might have actually written out a whole script. Yeah, it's possible, very possible. Um, going back to what you had mentioned about the Shot for Shot movie remake, um, in defense of that, because it was done one time, mm-hmm. which was by um, the Psycho, uh, Gus Van Saint Savant. I forgot who the director was. Van Van? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> he, he made a Shot for Shot shot for shock shot for shot remake shocking of psycho right and of course everybody's like why why and there was an interview where he said why and he he made sense when he said it he said well i think of it as like a broadway play where you have tons of different casts doing the same play over and over and over again except this one is just on film so you want to see how the actors will take the the information the stories and make it their own I was like, huh, that's an interesting idea. It's a good experiment. So if you like that idea, then I don't see why you would have a problem with a shot-for-shot redraw. Because it's a comic. The comic is, 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 is there. And if they're drawing it in their style, they're not doing a shot-for-shot. Shot. They're like, oh, well, it's like, I'm going to make it better. It's like when they say, I fix stuff. That's how I find that they're doing it. In my, in my interpretation of how I see things. Like if you take a, a comic book and then you redraw it in your style, but the same thing is like, well, I can do it better. I, I don't see it as an homage, as more of a, uh, hey, look what I can do type of deal. In this case, if you think of the, if the artists as the actors, then it's the same thing. I suppose, but in, in, my, in my head, well, I, I just, suppose, I but just, I don't care. I just, I, just, I just see it differently. You know, you, okay. I, it could be right, but that's just how I interpret the, the difference. Um, so moving on from, yes, from the no Mick controller for you department. That just sounds racist <laughs> against the Irish. Sony makers of the PlayStation game system has put the kibosh on McDonald's of Australia's plans to make and give away its own version of the dual sense controller in a video game streaming event. Sony says, <clears throat> Sony PlayStation has not authorized the use of its controller and promotional related materials to the proposed stream event, and we apologize for any inconvenience caused. McDonald's stream has been postponed, and Sony PlayStation controllers will not be included in the giveaway. Uh, the controller had images of fries, a burger, and McDonald's colors all over it. Um, as, as you may or may not know, as, as gamers out there, they have sometimes different versions of the same controller with special colors, or designs on it to make it more personable. So they made a McDonald's type controller without actually asking permission from Sony. 
So McDonald's made their own stylized controller, but didn't get the clearance from Sony to make a controller that works with the PlayStation. Correct. Huh. That's really interesting. So it's like two massive conglomerates. I would think that the smart move would be Sony just going like, yeah, you should have asked us, but fine. And give us some money. <laughs> and just like, that'll be, you know, X amount, por favor, you know? Yeah. So I think that they're, maybe they're so protective of their of their property. I don't know. I just think it's a bad PR move. I, I On whose part? It's a bad PR move on Sony's part. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, it's McDonald's. They're massive. And it's not even the entire, in, like, global McDonald's. It's just, it's just Australia. Australia. Yes. So, if anything, I'd be like, if I was in charge of it, I'd, like, look and see, like, is it good? It looks good. I'll tell them that we're, we would prefer that they, you know, go through us. But since it looks good, not only should can they do it, but now they have to make it global. They can and, only get our permission if they make it global. And of course, it's a win-win. If, if you think about it, now this controller that actually exists is right. going to be worth a bazillion dollars. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a massive collector's item. Look, it was a collector's item when <laughs> it's, it's a ridiculous, but it was a collector's item when uh, Rick and Morty brought back, talked about the Szechuan sauce. Yes. I, I remember people waiting <laughs> online because they wanted to get Szechuan sauce. <laughs> Which most people now just believe really is just mixing, I think it was what, their sweet and sour and their barbecue together. <laughs> so, like, what? But, you know, like that alone was a huge thing. So, this will be massive because, as we've said in the past, it something is only worth that which people are willing to pay for. Yep. So, but people are willing to pay for things that are rare. That's true. So this is going to be very rare. People yep. are going to pay, willingly pay thousands for one of these stupid controllers. Yeah. How about that? How about that? So speaking of uh, thousands of dollars from right. the... That's a lot of nuts! ...department. That's the, a lot of nuts! The new Jungle Cruise has... The new film, yeah. Jungle Cruise, has taken the number one spot in a domestic box office, pulling in... $35 million in ticket sales. Uh, for those keeping track, Fast and Furious Part 9 is still the highest grossing film of 2021 with $168 million. And Black Widow has jumped to number two with $167 million. And this is only box office sales, not including the streaming service numbers. Um, of note, Fast and Furious is only available to see legally in theaters, while Black Widow and Jungle Cruise is available to be seen on Disney Plus for an additional fee on top of whatever you're paying for the service. That's interesting how the biggest movie is still something you cannot see anywhere else but in theaters. Yeah, well... Well, no, though, because Jungle Cruise, can't you pay extra to see it on Disney Plus? Right, that's what I'm saying, but the number one movie... Of 2021 is Fast and Furious 9, which oh, is only oh, available to see in the theaters. So while true. Jungle Cruise has gotten number one spot this week, right? Okay, they're not number one as for all the movies of 2021. So like I said, so it's weird that you can you you have to go see it in the theaters and pay. I mean, people are going to the theaters if it's pulled in 168 million dollars, right? 
well, we've said this though. It's clearly like if you want to see it in the theaters, and everyone's got to buy a ticket to go see it. Where if you offer it via streaming, you can literally have a streaming party, where right. like you all, oh, you want to go watch Black Widow? Yeah, I'll pay the twenty bucks. You come over with pizza. You come over with this. You bring the candy and whatever. Like in some ways, in terms of like really enjoying the movie, in terms of in comfort, it's better to view it at home. It's like your own personal screening. It's your own personal screening, and you can have whatever food you want to have. You can have a, an adult beverage if you like or not. <laughs> like you know, all the things that the movie theaters were then starting to incorporate. Yes. Right to make it feel like well, it's worth coming out because you can now have beers and drinks and food and have a deliver like right. But COVID, it's like yes, but now I can stream it at home and do the same thing. Um, having, so, as I've mentioned, having worked at a movie theater, I used mm-hmm. to have plenty of mark-only screenings where I used to play the movie for myself in the theater by myself, bring whatever I want. Now, was that like it was an actual screening that was supposed to happen, like a ten o'clock on a Monday, just no one showed up and you came in, or did you really just go up to the projection booth and do it yourself? I really just went up to the projection booth and played it myself. And you were technically uh, working at the movie theater. You're supposed to run the movies to make sure there's no problems the night before. So that way, if there's any, you know, any discrepancies, that way they can be solved before the Friday morning rush when a movie comes out. But uh, because at the time we had transferred to digital, Got you know, you, you press the button, it plays, you don't need to play the whole thing, but right. I did it anyway. And sometimes I had like an employee screening, had all the employees come in to see the movie. But usually, cool. you know, I got up, I want to see a movie today. I went to the theater. Whatever time I wanted, you can see whatever I want. It was awesome. So I've been meaning to ask you now two questions. With no. how the sort of change in business model with movie theaters, in terms of attaching restaurants and bars to them, how do you feel about that? Um, I think they, they have to do whatever they need to do to survive. I think the actual right. movie theaters is something that's been a, you know, part of American culture and worldwide culture for so long. And I don't think they can go away, but I think they really need a shot in the arm to help. And I kind of like that they're incorporating stuff to try to make it as enjoyable as possible. Hmm. I mean, I, for, for me personally, you know, I just go in, I watch the movie, usually by myself anyway, because no one comes at the times I see it. Right, and I know, right better. Now, <laughs> I know yeah, better than to buy stuff. Yeah, you know better. Yeah, you know, don't do that. <laughs> Nothing was like as joy sucking and seeing a movie as seeing it with you because you're like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> idea. Don't do that. You make like ignorance is bliss makes so much sense with you. <laughs> yes. It really does. It's like, I don't need to know that about <laughs> soda streaming through. Yeah. Yeah. It's something you don't know. You just yeah. don't know. You don't know until you know. <laughs> so moving on, speaking of, uh, I had, you had a point. Go ahead. I did have another question. I just lost it. If I, if it pops up, it was like about how you feel about that. And then there was something, something, oh, oh yeah. It's like, how come you've never, I think I've asked you this off the air, but how come you never wanted to go back into movie theaters? Um, you mean to work like working, there? Yeah, to work there. I mean, obviously you've gone back into movie theaters, but I mean, as a business, as a, as a job. There is a personal reasons why I can't go to on the show, but I can tell you off the air. All right, that's a good enough reason for me. Yeah. Um, But we could say just whatever this personal reason, it's tainted you against wanting to work in any other movie theater again. Correct. Okay, that's fair. Um, Look, I worked at a gym for 12 years. I never really want to go work in another gym again. (laughs) 
So, I get uh, it. so. Yeah. all right. So speaking of movie theaters, mm-hmm. from the I told you something like this was gonna happen department. Ooh, I can't wait for this. Hot Scarlett Johansson has filed a lawsuit against Disney, alleging her contract was breached when her latest film, Black Widow, was released on Disney Plus streaming service and in movie theaters at the same time. Lawyers say <clears throat> Disney intentionally induced Marvel's breach of, of agreement without justification in order to prevent Miss Johansson from realizing the full benefit of the bargain with Marvel. This will surely not be the last case where Hollywood talent stands up to Disney and makes it clear that whatever the company may pretend, it has legal obligation to honor its contracts. Even before the pandemic, Miss Johansson was concerned that Black Widow could not end up on could end up on Disney Plus as part of its worldwide release. In 2019, Miss Johansson representatives reached out to Marvel seeking assurances that Black Widow would have a theatrical only release. Disney replied and says, "There is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic." The release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. To which the lawyers replied and said, I want to address the Walt Disney's company statements that was issued in response to the lawsuit filed against them by our client Charles Johansson. They have shamelessly and falsely accused Ms. Johansson of being insensitive to the global COVID pandemic in an attempt to make her appear to be someone that they, that they and I know she isn't. Scarlett has been a Disney's partner on nine movies, which has earned Disney and its shareholders billions. The company included her salary in their press statement in an attempt to weaponize her success as an artist and a businesswoman as if it was something that she should be ashamed of. Scarlett is extremely proud of the work that she and of all the other actors, writers, directors, producers, and moral creator team has been a part of for well over a decade. This suit was filed as a result of Disney's decision to knowingly violate Scarlett's contract. They have very deliberately moved from the revenue stream and profits to Disney Plus side of the company, leaving artistic and financial partners out of the new equation. That's it, pure and simple. Disney's direct attack on her character and all else they've implied is beneath the company that many of us in the creative community have worked successfully for decades. Oh, I want to tell you that's the most you've ever sounded like anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I we we mentioned this when when um, Warner Brothers said that HBO Max and movies are going to come out at the same time. We mentioned right. that that there's money that's going to be lost and people are not going to be happy. We right. mentioned that the profits are going to be way down. Of course. And then um, I believe it was last week, maybe it was a couple of shows before that I mentioned. Hey, Disney by charging an additional fee on top of the streaming service is making pure profit on that film as opposed to distributing and sending it to movie theaters. So yeah. they're actually, the profit is more than what it would have made in the theaters. So all they had to do was shell out a couple of million dollars and none yeah. of this would have happened. Yeah, they just, it's, I, I read something where they said, uh, some meme on Facebook, like, where Disney claimed, like, well, now that it's such a big hit, including on streaming, she can ask for more money. And so, and the the meme went on to say, like, they literally said, like, this is good exposure for you, the Scarlett <laughs> Johansson. Like, that's basically what they, like, companies have been doing this since at least the Renaissance. 
I remember watching like um, the Showtime show, The Tudors, and they had uh, Peter O'Toole playing the Pope. And he said, like, we need someone to paint the Sistine Chapel. We'll get Michelangelo. We don't have to pay him much. He's an artist. You know, it's <laughs> always been this way where people want the art of any style, any kind, any genre, and they for seemingly never think they want to pay for it. And it's true. And like, and clearly what she had was a contract with Marvel Studios before they were bought out by Disney. And now Disney is just like, you know, well, that was the, your contract with them. You don't need to have a contract with us. You know, this might be why Kevin Fahey said like no more long-term contracts with actors. Yeah. Because um, at the, at the time, if, if you remember 10 years ago, well, like 12 years ago now, yeah, um, they were trying to catch up as many um, uh, actors and, and people in multi-picture deals, whether or not the pictures are actually going to be made. So that way they can pay them less, right? knowing that they had them for a longer term, because if they don't, then they have to renegotiate each contract. And right. part of it came out of Robert Downey Jr. with uh-huh. Avengers Part 2. Because right. I remember at the time, he's like, I'm not doing it. And they're like, we're going to give you a big bag of money. And he's like, all right, I'm going to do it. Basically, yeah. So you know, I, I've said it many times how evil Disney is. And this is a perfect example. It of- has been well, very well documented <laughs> how terrible Disney can be. And I mean, this is, this is one of those things where now if, if she wins, Hopefully she all will. the other people out there are going to be like, where's my money? Where's my money? Well, she apparently is not the only one because I, th- I think what's her name? They're Emma's- talking about Emily Blunt from Emily Blunt and Emma from Stone, Cruise right? and from for, for Cruella, correct? Yeah, but and... she's the she's the main one. She's this is right. the big one because it's Charles Johansson. It's Charles Johansson making money with the thing. And I think it's funny that if you remember, we did report that Disney did say that it was the lowest Marvel movie because of quote unquote pirates. So that might have been them trying to say well we didn't make as much money well first of all the the classic thing in hollywood is like no film ever made money this is ever. true <laughs> like no one it never made money for anyone ever um because they always find ways of writing it off for their taxes and it's like if, how do these studios stay afloat if none of these movies make money <laughs> like and also um a lot of stars and actors get back-end deals um, right the they most, get points whatever that means the most famous one things. Yeah. the most famous one this is i think this is what started the trend i'm sure there was others but the one that i remember the most was uh jack nicholson yeah i thought you were gonna say him yeah for batman because he got he got money from batman part two and they weren't even sure they were gonna make it but that was oh. in his contract that he got part of the merchandising and he got part of the, the sales from the ticket sales from part two. I'm pretty certain he still gets money today from any Batman movie. He might. It's quite possible because those contracts are very, you know, because that way it, it's less in the beginning. So that way they can justify the cost. And then it's, you know, more money in the back end deals of royalties, which they are, you know, they should get. I, I don't see why they shouldn't get it. But. They have they have uh, the creative ways of trying not to give them the money after they get right. the product and they get the money. So this is pure, one hundred percent evil studio. And then the fact oh, yeah. that they went around and be like, "Well, she's already made twenty million dollars. What more does she want?" She wants what she was contractually yeah. obligated, and they're going to make her seem like you know, I don't know how to like a rich 
not connected to the public person and that she's complaining. It's like, you know, like anyone who's, who's very wealthy and they want what they've been, what they negotiated. Um, they also said like, you know, it's really very telling how Robert Downey and uh, Mark Ruffalo and Chris Evans have not said anything about it. The only person who's actually stood up to defend her was Kevin Feige. He came out and he said something. And um, Dave yeah, Batista. He's he despicable. <laughs> Dave <laughs> Batista. He, he, he threw out something, which could, it, it depends on your interpretation. As we've always said, the written word can be, you know, interpreted in many ways. So who knows what he meant? But I thought it was, I thought it was funny because he said, you should have made that Drax movie, like I said. <laughs> right. So, you know, and this is another thing where if they had made this movie, the, the mm-hmm. Black Widow, when they should have, Right. This would have been a problem. It would, it, you're right, because if it came out in 2020, well, first of all, if it came out in 2020 without if, COVID, it wouldn't have been a problem. But I'm saying, but on it, top of that, if, if it they, came out when it had was supposed to, when it said, when it should have been in the story, right back then between Civil War and uh, Endgame, right. That would have been well, a problem. I was listening to Howard Stern. I'm, you know, Howard Stern listener, and he was. He's on like summer break and they're playing all the interviews that he's done over the years and like with different themes. And one of them was superheroes last week. And it was the Robert Downing interview. And he was talking about, you know, Marvel and everything, of course. And he goes and says like, yeah, the fans are now even asking for a, a a black widow solo movie. And I think there'll be one in about a couple of years. And I'm like, wow, he either knew that it was already in development or he just really could see the future because this was back in 2016, this interview that he knew that they were going to do it. They should have done it sooner. Yeah. And uh, as a, as a side note, cause we're almost out of time. Um, I do know that uh, for Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins, I believe was the director writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a stink about it and they got paid. They made an adjustment yeah. in their contract and they got money for being released on HBO max and in theaters. So I, I don't, understand what disney's plan was and what in what boardroom and like well this isn't going to go anywhere this is a great idea to have her sue us like did they not think she was going to sue them did they you know it's it's one of those things like the the easiest way was just to give her the money just just pay her what you're supposed to pay her it's it's not you know they they have as as they're disney they have disney money they could easily they could they could easily take all the profits from the Disney streaming service to, and give it to her, and it wouldn't even make them blink. <laughs> no, it's 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 classic though. It's I remember watching this this movie called Payback with uh, Mel Gibson, and he was trying to get he played a, a thief and he had money stolen from him seventy five thousand dollars. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, and he it was stolen from him by his partner and given to basically the Chicago mob. Because the the partner screwed up with the mob, so to pay his way back in, he had to pay like 150 grand, 75 of which was Mel Gibson. So he goes and he just systematically dismantles everyone in the mob, killing them all. And he goes to one of the guys and he says like 75 thousand dollars. This is all I want. Give it to me and I'll go away. And the guy looks at him like no corporation in the world would ever do what you're asking. Just give you money. <laughs> and I, they were right <laughs> in that movie. He then shoots the guy and kills him. But. <laughs> But he's right. Like, for whatever reason, that's just a corporate policy. They don't want to think in terms of, like, this could cost us 70, you know, a million, whatever, for Scarlett Johansson now. And it'd probably, you know, save us how much bad press, how much in lawyers' fees, or we can fight it. 
and they stupidly will always go like, well, let's fight her. Why give her the money? It's like, because if you give her the money, it goes away. If you give her the money, you're probably going to save in terms of the cost. Like you're going to now have to keep these uh, attorneys on retainer. This is probably going to go two, three, years. four years. Years. And I guarantee you, if she wins, Disney will have to probably pay for her lawyers. Probably. That's usually how it works. So but I would think that in terms of the billable hours that you're going to have to pay for the lawyers alone, it'll probably be more expensive than if you had just paid her what you were supposed to. All right. So we have a lesson a minute ago. So you have a final thought for our new segment before uh, we take our break? Pay artists. <laughs> pay artists what they're worth and then some. My final thought is this. Um, if In my mind, if I believe that Disney sees that they're going to lose, they'll just settle out of court. <laughs> Probably. They probably should. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin in the month of July. Get ready for Sinister War from Marvel Comics, Infinite Frontier from DC, and Amelia Clark's Mother of Madness from Image Comics. Make sure to join our membership program where you can save 10% on every purchase. And mark your calendar for free comic book day on August 14th. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday from 2 to 7, and Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516 763-1133. Thank you and stay safe. This is the amazing question. And you're listening to It Came from the Radio. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. Sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about a Bronx tale. The saddest thing in life is it's wasted, wasted talent. talent. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That is one of the lines and main purpose of that movie, right? Yeah. What do you think? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was that was awesome. That was awesome. Okay. So you were like surprised when I put this movie on? Like how did you I was uh when you put it on I was first that like I did not like what the first like three scenes I didn't understand how it really like uh developed yeah but then like as the movie went on I was like oh okay that makes a lot of (laughs) yeah and it was like it kept me uh interested okay good yeah well I'm glad it kept you interested (laughs) it was a big deal it was it stars uh Robert De Niro Mm -hmm. who I don't know have you seen him in a lot of movies I've seen him in a decent amount like I know who he is yeah but you haven't really watched a lot. I of haven't movies. watched most of his movies. Like I know what I know who actors and actresses are, but I don't watch like all their movies and whatever. Yeah, well, you know, the next movie we're gonna watch, I think even tonight is gonna be Heat, and that is Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. And if you haven't seen those two guys, because they one was, you know, De Niro was the Godfather. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. You, you're gonna have to watch some really good De Niro movies. And the other person was Chaz Palmer and Terry. Right, who wrote this script, wrote the play of a Bronx Tale, mm-hmm. and like, like, how did you feel about it? There's so many descriptions. Like, what was, what did you like about it? I loved how basically both um, 
were both uh, Robert De Niro and what's his name? Jazz. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, they were both fogger, fo- uh, fogger, <laughs> father <laughs> figures to uh, <laughs> see. I don't know the yeah, actor's co- name. To his son, right? To Robert De Niro's yeah. son, right? They were both like father figures. Uh, Robert De Niro was more of the protective one, and Sonny. Sonny, who's Chaz, right? Yeah, uh, was the more do your thing, right? <laughs> and, just like live your life, live life, take risks, yeah. right? And the other fa- and the father was like, it's nothing wrong to have a hard day's uh, work, right? Yeah, hard day's work, hard. You know, you get paid for what you do, and then you come home and you do your thing. And it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, as long as you were honest, right? Mm-hmm. And the other guy was not so honest. <laughs> yeah, they were both uh, completely different, like, standpoints for, like, parenting. Although, like, Sonny wasn't trying to actually parent. Well, I think he did. I, I think, think he was in a way. Like, there, in a way, he sort of took in C as, like, his child. <laughs> he did. He did until the point where he thought um, C betrayed him, right? Yeah. So, it was not, you know... Like a guy like that who is in the mob mafia, yeah, you know, um, you know, just can't trust anybody, and that's kind of the life that he chose to kind mm-hmm. of like risk it all and get the fast money, and it was the easy yeah. way of life, exactly, right? to a degree, you know. And, <laughs> and, well, the other one is a hard, you know, he, he was saying working man's a sucker, right? Yeah, but in the end, do you really still feel that way? Um, no. Well, I mean. In a way, yes, it can be because, uh, spoiler alert, Sonny, um, dies. And, uh, yes, although he did die, he did live his life to the fullest. Right, but he didn't have children. He didn't have a wife. True, true. It, it was just him. Yeah, but he still lived his life to the fullest and, like, went out for all his dreams and whatever, but. Yeah, he did. Then, uh, Robert De Niro, I forgot his name in the movie, um,. He is still alive, yes, but he hasn't, like, done half the things that, like, Sonny has taken the chance with or, like, taken as many risks and whatnot, but he's still alive, so he still has the time to... Well, is it... Well, I mean, it's not between life and death. It's more or less like this guy walked the straight path where he's giving a better life to his son and showing him morals... Versus yeah. someone who has no real morals, mm-hmm. but has all the money and can do whatever they want. Right? Yeah. Who's to say, you know, maybe... Yeah. I don't think... in Both of them are wrong in some ways and right in others. Yeah, and I think that's what's great about the film, right? Yeah. You know? Um, and it happens to be one of my favorite... Films. Honestly, it's right now too. Oh, good. You know, it, <laughs> it really, it really is. That and uh, what's it called, Coraline. <laughs> Coraline. Oh, that's too funny. All right. Um. Well, I think we're. I think I'm glad you liked it and you recommend it, right? Yeah, definitely. So, for those of you millennials who haven't seen it or Gen Z, what are you, Gen Z? <laughs> yeah, I'm Gen Z. Oh, all right. Well, take a look. <laughs> stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Hello, this is Carrie Hoskins. I play Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? 
Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Hey everybody, this is Todd McFarlane of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. Came from the radio is at CradleCon. This is Jenny Feldy, your host with Charles Saladino, or I call him Charlie. And uh, we're having hey. a great time here. Lots of artists. Charlie, how's it going? What's one of your highlights at this con? I'm, I'm telling you, a lot. The biggest highlight of this con is that it's existing. It's <laughs> like um, this has been a while since we've been to a live con. And I think everybody has that uh has that vibe that, oh, my God, welcome, welcome back, you know? And it's like seeing old friends, uh, seeing old friends who are artists and just loving it and loving, you know, loving uh, to be here. Yeah, great artist, James Avila, art. And the must-punch Nazis, that's probably the highlight that stood out for me because I'm always a fan of things that trigger the cancel culture mob and prevail. So that was pretty cool because those books were almost canceled. Right, right. Yeah, that's really yeah, definitely. Well, I like, uh, you know, I like our friends. And actually, um, we're meeting friends who uh, uh, usually have a booth, but uh, now they're just you're walking around and getting the feel of the whole con uh, Shadow Rabbit. Um, and it was nice meeting him. And uh, and our very our very famous uh, artist, Mr. Pop and Twist, who has created some amazing balloon art for uh, conventions, and they're just walking around happy that uh, everything's back now. Yeah, just happy to be alive. I was just happy to see you and Kate. See some happy faces. <laughs> see the Ghostbusters. Yeah. They had the Ghostbusters mobile outside, which I've yeah. seen. You know, I've been at car shows before, but not yeah. people were very excited by that. They hadn't seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody, that that was the thing. Everybody had this amazing, nice attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nobody had. You know. Nobody had a negative thing to say about this con. I, again, I just think uh, everybody was gl- was happy to be back. The um, the Star Wars uh, squadron was there. Oh, and, right. Uh, yeah, they were happy to be there, and a lot of the vendors um, they were they were all you know like we're back. I can't stress that enough. You know, it's it's been a long hiatus. 
And it's a great location for a con. I mean, we have what airplane hangers, we have all NASA sh- yeah. space shuttles. I mean, that it's a, such a great place. So even yeah. if you're not into the things at the con, which many people aren't, I guess not everyone's into comic books and art. I call them losers. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. But there's there's still something <laughs> to see. There's so much there. Yeah, well, well, like I said, the Cradle Con, I've always said this Cradle Con, um, well, just the um Cradle of Aviation was my was the best place for a con because and it's like you said if you get tired of the con and you go sit down you look up and you see amazing amazing sights planes uh zeppelins uh learn learn different uh things about the history of uh, aviation and it's and, open. Uh, and then you get back to the con <laughs> and if you're a little claustrophobic i would say that this would be the con for you because it's open, yeah. has windows everywhere. I'm, you know, I'm big, very big on that. It's a really good vibe. It's a nice ambiance there. I wish every con was like this. Right, and it was, and I, I'm going to throw this at you. Wasn't it very roomy? Not I thought you going to say romantic. Con, <laughs> yeah, roomy. Yeah, it was roomy. I mean, you know, of course, we're still sort of in a pandemic, so I'm sure so, a lot of people didn't come out. Um, yeah, but it's spaced out. I mean, the lighting's perfect. I love it. I'm, I'm big into aesthetics because aesthetics create a hormonal yeah. response. So yeah, for me, yeah, I get, yeah. I probably get a dopamine release when I see something beautiful. And yeah. I felt like I was around some beauty and beautiful people as well with great attitudes, not one bad mm. attitude that I detected. Right. Just I mean, you, you, you saw that when you were talking to them, they were all responsive. They were mm-hmm. all uh, like happy to be there. And, not, uh, is it not like they, that in um, every con? The what? Well, sometimes people at cons are not happy to be there, right? Well, you see, you see some cons where where um, vendors aren't doing well and they're sitting back, and you don't, you just don't want to go over to them, you know, mm-hmm. because it's it's like you're afraid, you know, they're gonna have, you know, so like, hey, how you doing? It sucks, you know. Right, <laughs> so, right. Have you ever gotten that? So, but, but. But this, everybody was happy. I mean, there was a lot of hugs going on, you know, hey, hey, you know, and, um, you know, so, and and you're going to see that in, in the pictures. Next uh, time I'm going to take my stepbrother. He knows about almost every video game ever. So he would have yeah. loved this. Yeah, we have, we, like I said, Jen, there's some great pictures of you, you know, around the con. Um, uh Kate Fox took a picture of us unknowing to me ah. of uh, when when you walked in and we were uh, is just a picture of you alone and then a picture of you and I talking oh, I uh, down there. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll see. I'm going to send you a couple, but uh, I'm working on them tonight. Get them out on our Facebook. Wonderful. Well, it's been a long, yeah. too long of the interview. Any final thoughts on the con? Um, yeah, welcome back, cons. Please, I I want to go to many more, and uh, you know, I just get back into normality because this is what we did. This is what we lived for. Here at it came from the radio, just um, reaching out to the people, you know, one on one, and uh, doing our interviews, taking our pictures, and bringing that to our fans out there. So yeah, welcome back, cons. Well, Cradle Con, thank you so much for having us. 
I can't wait to go back. It was such a pleasant, great experience with great parking. And it was easy. <laughs> These are the things I think of as an old lady. Is there parking? Is there windows? <laughs> Is there open spaces? Is someone going to walk into me? Can I go to the bathroom easily? This is what I think of when I go to a con. And it was so great. <laughs> no gross public yeah, bathrooms. Yeah. It no was so great. Parking. And I, right. Well, and I have something Comic-Con. to, um, I like the better than Comic-Con. Yeah. There's uh, I got a, a big uh, thank you to Geraldine Zottini, who was um, um, getting us in on the press pass. And, and you. Uh, you know, her hospitality was wonderful. And to Seamus. And um, just a big thank you to them. Yes. And on that note, yeah. thank you for listening. And now back to the studio. This is Tammy Stronach, um, best known for playing the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story, an upcoming man and witch fantasy film. You are listening to It Came From The Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. I'll share my This is Charlie Saladino from Came From The Radio. We're live at Eternal Con, and we're here with Carrie Ann Hoskins, who... Carrie Ann, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. Yes. Carrie Ann, if nobody knows this, you play Sonya Blade. Keep a defender of the realm. Defender of the realm, I am. Yeah. On on, how many uh, Mortal Kombat's have you been in? I was in Mortal Kombat three, four, um, Sub Zero mythologies. Um, I think there was a couple more after that, but I was also in NBA Jam, War Gods, uh, Revolution X, about a dozen games that I've been in. Okay, here's the question, Carrie Ann. How does a young lady from Minnesota wind up to be defender of the realm? (laughs) Well, I grew up as a tomboy and um, was kind of thrown into this. Um, Caught me off guard. But my sister got into modeling and she made me model with her one day and that was the start of it. Um, I started out with Playboy and then um, one day they called Playboy looking for a model for NBA Jam and just happened to be in the office and I accepted and that was the start. Well, what do you think of this whole this whole convention thing here? I love doing Comic Cons. It's fun. You get to meet the fans and um, you know, you get to meet why exactly you're out there doing this. So it's for me it's very enjoyable. Carrie Ann, all your social media, how can people see you? How can people get in touch with you and all that stuff? Um, all of my social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything's the same. It's at Carrie Ann Gallery. That's beautiful. Carrie Ann, thank you so much for taking time out and talking to us. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> this is Charlie Saladino from the Eternal Con. Back to you, Mark, in the studio. Hi, this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. 
Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Now, back to our show. This is Senior Correspondent Charlie Saladino leaving the Eternal Con. We are in the car. I'm here with Kate Fox from the Kate Fox Show. And uh, I think we need to explain something to our uh, our fans out there. Sometimes you'll see uh, a lot of stuff from uh, the Kate Fox Show on our It Came From The Radio page. And then uh, Kate Fox Show fans will see stuff from It Came From The Radio on her page. That is because Kate Fox Show and It Came From The Radio collaborate a lot. Um, I am also an associate producer in The Kate Fox Show, so uh, we collaborate on a lot, of, uh, a lot of conventions, as we did on this one. The Eternal Con, and that's what we're here to talk about. Um, just wrapping it up, Kate, what did you think of The Eternal Con? Well, I have to tell you, because you and I walked in Saturday, and the first thing that struck me was the amount of, and I'll use the term friends, that we ran into. Because when when you do cons like this, or when you cover them, you become friends with a lot of people. So that, that was the first thing that struck me, and then I looked at the crowd and the variety of people, that w- artists, guests, everything, and it was just amazing. And, and also, to add to that, um, this is the third con Kate and I have been to, and the, the, um, the feel is just the same. Everybody's glad to be back. Um, glad to be back um, doing what they do best. Uh, the vendors, they're all have, they all have these happy faces on. Um, and the best part for me, because this is what I photograph the most, the cosplayers. Uh, we met a lot of old friends, uh, Cassie Watson, um, uh, Bobby Chula, just to, just to mention a couple, uh, but um, they were out in full on this one, and uh, it also impressed me the size of the venue and uh, how everything was spaced perfectly. I'm a I'm a big fan of having the whole convention in one large room, and this was perfect. Talent was all around the perimeters, and um, artists were all on the top row, and you know, in the in the bottom level. Um, what what were your views on the uh, the venue? Well, I have to tell you, I was when we first walked in. I thought it was smaller. We were looking at a smaller space than actually existed. And then once you and I walked up and we saw our friend Mr. Poppentwist, who we adore from many conventions, and then I looked behind him and saw the floor beneath where we were, and I was blown away because it was it was a phenomenal layout for this kind of uh, convention, I thought. 
Yeah, and and um, again, we met so many of our friends. We made new ones, uh, Dominic and Jennifer. We love them. We love them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, again, as always, uh, many thanks to John, uh, to Manny, security keeping yes, up safe. Yes, and uh, uh, Frankenberg and his team. Yeah, and uh, right, and to. Um, and you know, to say the least, to um, Mike Carbonero and uh, Frank Patz for their hospitality, uh, as as always. And it's it's good to uh, be back into the convention circuit. And um, in in a word, the the um, Eternal Con was uh, a hit as far as we were concerned. What a great time! And I cannot, and we cannot wait to keep going to every other event that we can yes and remember you'll see our uh, pictures from this con on the kate fox show as well as it came from the radio so uh, this is charlie saladino senior correspondent from it came from the radio signing off back to the studio and back to you mark take it ace this is quentin flynn a popular voice actor known for axel Tamon. Uh, and riding from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio. The Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to www.itcamefromradio.com and listen to our archives if you're up in a week or so. Go to such places such as btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to it came from the radio with mark torres the views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management owners or staff of the station we now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast